folding pocket. Hello and welcome to The Fastener Curious with me, Betty Glover, in a uh, pretty wet, cold... It's a little bit miserable Manchester, to be honest. Um, and I think I'm joined by a sweaty... Well, it's not I think. I know that I'm being joined by a sweaty, little bit tanned Christian Hugill. Betty, hello there. I, what I would say is I don't think I'm sweaty. I'm all right, actually. I've done quite well. Sweaty. Oh, thanks. Well, that's lovely of you. I, I definitely <laughs> am a bit tanned, yeah. And, and I tell you what... I've not come out, I should say, I'm in Bahrain. Hello from Bahrain from pre-season testing. I've not come out here just for my skin, but my skin doesn't like the cold weather. And to have a bit of colour in me, Betty, that's helped enormously. It's a real perk of the job, that. Well, the thing that I'm really shocked by, Christian, is that you haven't even been out there very long and you you literally have got a tanned face. Your face looks extraordinary. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's lovely of you. That's better. Your face looks extraordinary. It's better than you look sweaty. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> so I've had... Two and a half days in sort of the sun. And it's been about 23 degrees, but it feels warmer. And it, it's the same. Oh, it, doesn't it feel warmer when you're on holiday? But it does. It definitely feels warmer out here than, than 22, 23 in UK weather. So the weather's lovely. It's a pro- That's been the, one of the very nice things about being out here. Yeah, I am so unbelievably jealous. So this is, what is it? The third day of testing. You've spent an incredibly long time surrounded by Formula One cars, Mm. chatting to people in garages. You must just be itching to just let all of it out, let all of this knowledge out that you've just found out. Have you got any gossip for me? Well, all right, let me caveat something that you hear in testing all the time, right? And we'll get this out of the way. It's testing, so it's too early to tell. So we can say what we think's going to happen but it genuinely is too early in pre-season testing, even though they've been running for three days, to come out and say, this will definitely happen. But what I can tell you is what the sort of word on the street is, or word in the desert, and I can tell you what I've seen. So with that caveat, Betty, I will answer any questions you like. I want to know what everyone is doing, what everyone's looking like, whether or not you've seen anything particularly interesting. So we're going to get on into all of the big talking points in a moment. We've got some listener questions as well. But for anybody that might be listening to this that isn't up to speed, that doesn't quite know what Bahrain testing is, uh, tell us, Christian. Well... If you were listening to the last episode of The Fast and the Curious, you'll have heard as a shakedown, sometimes called media days. And when the teams build their new cars in the factory, they get something like 15 kilometres, which is an unbelievably short amount of time to get the car out of the garage and, and drive it round a track like Silverstone just to check it works. So it's like, yeah, it turns on, it moves, brilliant. But then the first part of the season is pre-season testing. So the majority of the teams who are out here will stay out here for the race and they will test their cars. They get three days and eight hours running in those days. So typically the drivers will split it four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon. But today, for example, Alex Albon's doing all day in the Williams. Logan did most of yesterday. So, you know, it it does differ from team to team, but it's basically the time where the teams get to learn about their cars, the drivers get to learn about their cars, and we as fans start to get the first ideas as to who's quick and who's not. I can imagine that it's quite knackering, but in particular, the person that I'm really feeling sorry for is Mercedes technical director, James Allison, because when we spoke to him at Mercedes Shakedown, he was 
extremely tired even then. Whereas this is such an intense three day period, right? Um, have you have you seen him? Is he is he looking okay? I have seen him. He looks well, actually. He looks really well. So so we pray for James, and he seems well. The one thing I would say is I think I have underestimated how tiring it is. Eight hours of running during the day, way longer than the F1 cars would normally be on track for. I had completely underestimated that. So we arrived at the track typically in the morning, about half past seven in the morning. We leave the track typically about nine o'clock at night. So it's not just James Allison. The lucky ones stay out here for a couple of days and might get the chance to sit by the pool for a bit. But for some, it's a quick hop back to England to get back to the factory to crunch data or crunch numbers or work on something. So it is an intense start to the season. This is the first time that all teams have been in the same place since the end of last season, right? So there must be this like buzz in the air, this like sense of anticipation. Does it feel a little bit like a Grand Prix? Tell you what it feels like, Betty, right? You know, when you come back from school after the summer holidays? Oh, yeah. The school's open, the, the hall's had its floor painted, the gym's been cleaned, but only one year group's in. Not all the classes here, just some of them. Some arrive next week, a few arrive the week after. It's like that. So it looks like a Grand Prix, but not. Uh, there's no fans here at testing, for example. So I'm speaking to you from outside of the circuit. I'm outside of the Bahrain Grand Prix complex. I can see it behind me. And just as I was walking out, they were putting up the big Ferris wheel. They were putting up the merchandise stands. Inside the paddock looks exactly as it normally does on a Grand Prix weekend. It's just quieter because not everyone's here yet. Not everyone comes out for testing. So yes, it's just like being back at school, but not all your mates are here yet. That first day back at school was like my favourite time ever because I'd have a new pencil case and new notepad, like all my new stationery. That is nice, isn't it? So there's no fans there because obviously when we went to shakedowns, when we were at Silverstone and we went to the Mercedes shakedown, for example, or the McLaren shakedown, there were fans like trying to peep through the fences. Have you seen any of that? Yeah, so there's, there's been the odd fan who appear in the grandstands. And there's a couple of VIP posh people who get a bit looked after in the chance to come down and look. But we're talking a tiny, tiny, tiny number. I should emphasize, Betty, I am stood talking to you in the middle of the Middle Eastern desert. (laughs) Uh, And it is the desert. Right, did you ever play Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yeah, oh yes, I loved it. Yeah, right, so you know at the start of that game, you'd have a blank canvas and you'd be able to drop a roller coaster in, drop the toilets in. Yeah. I think Bahrain as a country slightly reminds me of that <laughs> because it's, you know, it's it's had its tourism boosted by having 20 years of Formula One, but not to the extent that like Abu Dhabi has that's become a proper holiday destination. It's really quite amazing to see at that point. Now, it wouldn't be Formula One without loads of gossip going on and speculation. I know this is only testing and everybody says it's only testing. There's only so much you know. But people are talking, right? Stuff is happening. So let's get into it. Should we start with the big one? Is it looking like Red Bull are going to absolutely walk it this season, Christian? If you'd have asked me that on day one of testing, I'd have said yes. In terms of wanting a closer title battle, I was a bit worried. But then... Sergio Perez has done a lot more driving in the day two and three than Max has. Max came out and it just looked too smooth. It was just like, oh yeah, this car works. Brilliant. Everything's fine. And it was like, it can't just be that quick, that quickly, that smooth. Like it's testing. It's supposed to, it's supposed to find its way and build its way in. Since Sergio's got in the car, it's not looked as clear cut. And it's like, okay, so maybe this car does have some chinks in its armory. 
Uh, I don't, I, I'd love to sit here and say, it's wide open and we're going to get the title fight we all want. Uh, I think, I, I still think we're in a position where Red Bull are quickest. I, I don't know, I don't think it's possible to say how quick yet, but I'd be surprised if it, it wasn't at least three tenths of a lap. Well, you're not the only one saying that. Obviously, I feel like everybody, everybody has seen, is, is saying that having watched testing. But in the press conference after, George Russell and Charles Leclerc were just going on about how good this Red Bull car is. Does it really look that impressive? It, it does, because what very few people expected the genius designer that Adrian Newey is to do is go, right, I'm going to go for a completely different concept. And this is where we have to be really careful going, oh, we all want a, a closer title fight. We also need to understand and appreciate sporting genius because what it looks like is Adrian Newey's gone, yeah, I, I know they were catching us up. I know they were. So what I've done is changed it. Be one step ahead of your opponent. And it looks like while a lot of teams have gone down the Red Bull route of we'll make our cars like the Red Bull, Red Bull have gone, well, we'll find a different way of making it quick then. And that's just, if that is the case, it's, it'll, be, it'll be unpopular in some terms to say it, but it's sensational. But have there ever been any seasons, this might be a hard question for you to answer, to be fair, but have there ever been any seasons where in pre-season testing, everyone's gone, wow, that car looks incredible. They look so, so good. And then first race comes around and it's just not what it seems. Oh, too many to mention. Yeah, it, it does happen fairly frequently. I can remember a couple of years ago, Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo topping the timesheets and everybody thinking, wow, Alfa Romeo have stormed up the grid. And um, they were about the slowest car. So yes, it, there's a reason people do say it's not a cliche. It's not people like me going, it's too early to tell, even though I secretly know full well. Listen, I'm being really honest on this podcast today. Does it look like Red Bull are the quickest? Yes. Do I think they will be the quickest? Yes. Do we know that for 100% sure? I think we're pretty close to knowing they'll be quickest, but by how much, we just don't know. Oh, do any teams sort of hold back in pre-season testing to not give anything away for anyone else? Um, it's a bit more of an old-school approach now to put a load of fuel in and hide your pace completely. I'm not sure that happens too much anymore. <laughs> but, but you just don't know until it goes the proper race distance. If I was uh, Mercedes and um, Toto Wolff, I'd be like, right, we're going to make ourselves look during pre-season testing and then come out for that for that Grand Prix at Bahrain and be like, look at us now. None of you expected this. Hey, it's possible. It's possible. And right, can I tell you what is the most exciting? Yeah, go on. I couldn't tell you who's second quickest. It looks super close between Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin and McLaren. Okay, okay. I would at this point, if you pushed me, say it's probably Ferrari second quickest. Let's talk about Ferrari then. You brought them up. Um, we haven't actually spent any time pre-season with Ferrari or ever, actually. So Ferrari comms team, if you are listening, we would love to get you on the podcast. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. <laughs> We'd love to have you. But they obviously made the big headline in the sport over the winter break with Hamilton uh, going to join them in 2025. How do they look this season round? It's amazing how quickly the Lewis Hamilton story's dropped off the radar as everybody immediately focuses on 2024. I think Ferrari look good. I think they look calm. I think they look confident. I think the car doesn't look too twitchy. I think Ferrari have probably made a step forward. Mercedes are definitely there or thereabouts. But I also think until today, until day three, McLaren had a couple of issues and were parked in the, in the um, garage a little bit. Until today, I'd have probably said McLaren ahead of Mercedes. I'm now not so sure. I think that's going to be really, really close. But again, Ooh. I think McLaren are up there. And I also think, to finish off this little cluster at the top, Aston Martin, I don't know. 
I'm always very obvious in this podcast when I don't know something. I'm not going to pretend I do. I don't really know where they fit. They've sort of flown under the radar a little bit. I certainly don't think they're far off Mercedes and Ferrari, if anything, off. I'm really excited for the battle for the podium places in Bahrain. Oh, that is so exciting. Because when we spoke to Toto Wolf at Mercedes Shakedown, he was sort of quietly optimistic, I think, wasn't he? Like, he was obviously sort of desperate to, to have a good season, but they've, they had this quiet optimism about them, I think. And I think that's probably gone down a notch from what I'm hearing. I think it didn't right. quite go as smoothly as they wanted it to. And that's why I think Ferrari might be the second quickest. I could be wrong, and that's why it's so exciting. Do you want to talk about the midfield a bit? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna throw to you. What about the two new teams? Because I don't really know what to expect from either of these two. Um, Stake and Drake, aka Salber. What do they look like? Well, now I'm glad you've said this. I wanted to talk about the midfield because I think that's really interesting as well. I, I know you've just asked me about Salber, but I'm going to ignore that because I'm going to go down the grid. I want to talk about the other new. T- no, they're not new, but the other rebranded team, RB. Uh, the artist formerly known as Alpha Towery, I think they've made a step forward. Ooh. So I think if you just mentioned the two new teams. I think RB are going to be up there, at least battling with Alpine. Why don't Red Bull just give them the car from last year and be like, have a go in this rocket ship? Because there are various rules and regulations where even if a, 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 the same company own a team, there is only so many bits they can pass on to their partner team. So yes, you're right, Betty, in that Alpha... I keep calling them Alpha Tauris. It's going to take me time. Bear with me, everyone. Where RB <laughs> are closer to Red Bull in the way they operate than they used to be. They've moved the two teams closer together, but only within the rules, because there are rules that stop that just happening, what you said. And that's caused a bit of controversy. Zach Brown wants those rules to say that the same company can't own the same team because he thinks it's an unfair advantage. Zach Brown, the boss of McLaren, who we had on the podcast um, uh, very recently. But I think they have made a step forward. I think working with Red Bull has helped them. And I think you're going to have a cluster at the top, who we talked about. Then I think you're going to have Alpine and RB. And then, to answer your question, Betty, about Sauber, I think Sauber have not had as bad tests as they were expecting. I think they were expecting to be slow. And I think they, Williams and Haas, will be vying for the slowest team. I'm unfortunately hearing rumours that Williams have had a bit of a tricky time of it. I was going to ask you about Williams because I was at their livery launch in New York. They weren't putting in any laps around Central Park, obviously. Um, That's a shame, isn't it? It is a shame because I actually think that would have been really interesting. But am I right in thinking that they didn't do a shakedown? So this is the first time that they've actually done some laps. Is that correct? You're sort of right. There wasn't a formal shakedown as such, but they did take the car out briefly in, in the rules, as I said earlier, you're allowed sort of so many um, kilometres. And they did take the car out around the Bahrain circuit before pre-season testing happened. So they sort of did an unofficial shakedown. Yeah. Um, but it has looked like the back end is struggling. So I don't think Williams have got to grips with that as much as they've liked. Now, that's not to say that they won't as the season progresses, because I do think... Williams are on an upwards trajectory and I do think they're capable of taking the challenge to Alpine as we go into the season. But I'm hearing that they're probably a little bit further behind than they'd have liked to be. Williams are one of our absolute favourites on the podcast, so we hope that they get there. Yeah, love them. Love James Vowles as well. Hello, it's James Vowles here. 
This is what I think from the... I'm just buzzing for his videos, Christian, for this. We, had a, we didn't know we had a Betty Glover, James Valdez impression. You're going to be taking the the impressionist mic off Greg with Toto. With Toto. <laughs> okay, let's get into some listener questions then. Sophie's messaged us. Really good question. I like this one. During the car launches and when they show off their liveries, I've seen a lot of comments from people saying that the teams are hiding things on the cars or photoshopping images so we're not actually seeing that final car. Why do they bother doing that? Surely it's too late for any of the other teams to change their cars if they did see something that they quite liked. No, the simple answer is it isn't too late. So if you show your car off, and you've got an exciting bit that you're really proud of in your car's launch and there's still a week before testing, and then another team looks at the design of that bit and says, all right, we're going to stick that on our car and we'll put it in the wind tunnel, we'll put it in our simulators and we'll make it look like theirs looks and we'll see what it does. Obviously, they can only imitate. They can't actually grab the bit itself and look at it in detail, but they go, mm, we'll make ours look a bit more like that. And then it goes in the simulator and it goes in the wind tunnel and it looks good. You've given away a card. If you're playing poker, you've let the, the, the opposition player see your card before you need to. And that's why we're in an era nowadays in car launches last week or the week before where very few people are showing the actual car. Red Bull showed a bit about the car, but there are subtle changes to it now. Ooh. But these cars evolve and change all season. It's never too late. And the biggest and best example of that is Aston Martin, who last year started really, really well, but struggled to keep that up throughout the season. And that's why Fernando's podiums mostly, mostly, came earlier in the season as other teams develop their parts across the season. So, and that's again why it's not, it's too early to say whether Red Bull will win the championship, because yes, they might start off in front, but these cars are constantly changing throughout the season. Constantly changing throughout the season, like you. Now, you, now you're nice and tanned. Mm. The, other, uh, the other day when I saw you, you were pale. I'm sure you'll be pale when you come back. I don't know, I might fake tan just to keep it up, you think? Yeah, I think, you, I think it really suits you, actually. So get me excited then for Bahrain. Key headlines, Red Bull look quick, but we're going to have a properly competitive battle in the upper midfield. I think the midfield is pretty much going to consist of Alpine and RB. The upper midfield, Ferrari, McLaren, Aston Martin, that lot, properly good fun. That's going to be really close. Ooh. While I mentioned that upper pack with the likes of Aston, I'm, I think Fernando Alonso is getting younger. I think he might be the first human being who has mastered the art of ageing and is actively going backwards. I swear to God he looks younger than last year. Really? I don't know what that man's skincare routine is, but he walked past me earlier. Ask He him. looks about 31 and he's like nearly 10. He definitely looks younger than me. Like, good Lord. The man's... The man doesn't age. Well, ask him. Next time he walks past you, be like, excuse me, what is your skincare routine? Uh, Fernando Alonso, quick question. Christian Hugo from The Fast and the Curious. What's your skincare routine, please? Yeah. You're like the opposite of Fernando Alonso, aren't you? You're just you're just getting older by the second very quickly. I'm uh, F1 just ages me. It makes me sunburnt and dusty and tired. And then Fernando just like looks fresh as anything, whereas I just look like a even more of a state than normal. So... Yeah, I'll be sleep deprived the next time you see me, I think. Right, Christian, you enjoy yourself. We're going to leave you out there and uh, you're clearly an absolute pig in so Lovely, nice enjoy. and de delicately put. Embrace it. Classy lass, aren't you, Betty? <laughs> delicately put. Yeah, lovely, I will. And if you've got any questions for us about, um, about testing or about the run-up to the first race of the season, of course, you can get in touch on social media. We are at Fast Curious Pod. Uh, and I'll answer them for you when I've come back to be reunited with Betty Glover and Greg James and when I've had a nap.
Yeah, because Christian is going to be back with me and Greg for a final episode before the first race of the season that is going to be out this week. So get your questions in before everything kicks off. Right, I'm going to leave you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to walk back into the circuit. Then once I'm back in the car park, I have to walk under a tent. I have to walk through a tunnel. And I have to go and see a nice lady who works for Formula One called Suzanne. And she's hopefully going to give me a bib, which means I can go and watch the cars. So that's my plan. Well, enjoy that. Thank you so much for Thanks, mate. T making time for me during this very busy period of your life. I will always make time for you. I'll always make time for the fast and the curious um, because, I, oh, because I'm lovely, aren't I? You know, it's just the type of guy I am. <laughs> All right. Speak to you soon. Bye.